We are in week 45 of the 50 States, 50 Weeks, and 50 Coffee Shop series. I'm talking with Corey DeMario from Patio Coffee today. Corey has a really interesting background because he actually started out his career as a stand-up bass player in his band. Through going on tour and trying a bunch of different types of coffees, he decided to take a break from music and try out running his own coffee cart. So he built it from scratch and now runs it as a one-man band out of Vermont. I can't believe we're almost done with this series. There are only five more states to cover. I am working my way through all 50 states in alphabetical order. At the end of this year, I will reflect on the things I learned, unique experiences, and what it's like to actually record episodes week by week. If you're enjoying this podcast or just want to say hi, email me at baristatalkshow at gmail.com. With that, grab your coffee or tea and let's dive right in. I'm Corey DeMario, and my coffee shop, if you call it that, is called Patio Coffee. It's just a pop-up cart on a outdoor kind of terrace overlooking a river and looking at a mountain in my little town of Brattleboro, Vermont. Wonderful. And I saw some pictures online. That view is stunning. It's pretty special. Yeah. How did you pick that location? Brattleboro is a funny little town. You know, it's southern Vermont and it's unlike a lot of places that you, if you picture like a Vermont town in your mind, I don't know if you'd picture Brattleboro. It's kind of like sort of an old industrial town. It doesn't have that like sort of quintessential Vermont vibe of like, you know, white buildings and a town green and sort of like rural quaintness. It's got like a more sort of urban feel, especially in downtown. The way the town developed, it doesn't have much of a, we're right on the Connecticut River. So like right across the river from New Hampshire and, and only about 10 miles north of Massachusetts. So very Southern Vermont. But the town kind of developed with its back to the river because the river was just industry back in the day when this town was developing. You know, and it was like there were there was a cotton mill in town. There was an organ factory that built like pump organs, a shoe factory, like a lot of other sort of industrial jobs. So there's very little space when you're in downtown that actually has sort of like river access. And there's also train tracks that sort of separate the town from the river front and the spot that i'm at is just a a sort of a unique little spot there's like only one other place downtown that has this sort of access where you have a view you're not like right on the water but you're looking out over the river at at the mountain across the way i kind of knew about the spot i knew what it was and i always thought that it would be a cool thing to have something back there over the years there had been other things there's a food truck back there and different things but yeah, I just thought it would be the perfect for a little kind of pop-up cafe. Oh, that's fun. So you yeah. were eyeing it for a while. Sort of. It's kind of like one of those things, like you live in town, you're like, man, this is a, you kind of wander back there occasionally, and you'd be like, oh, what, this is so cool. I wish it was more utilized, you know, M- more like that yeah. than, than like, I wasn't like staking it out. <laughs> you just happened upon, oh, okay, this would be a nice spot to be. Yeah. So did you grow up in Vermont? How did you end up there? No, I grew up in Massachusetts, actually. I'm uh, most of my life before three years ago, I was a full-time musician. I'm an upright bass player. Mm -hmm. And I mostly played in a band called Crooked Still, which is like a kind of a bluegrass Americana band. 
and still play with that band when we play, although we don't tour anymore. Yeah, so like about a little more than three years ago, I had this break in my music schedule for a while, and I kind of always wanted to do something with coffee just out of an interest, like a love for coffee as a just as a sort of hobbyist. Yeah, and I so I had this like little three or four month break where I just thought, well, now's the time that I have some like time to do it. And I just, so I just started building my little coffee cart, you know, and it was in, and that was it. I just started doing it and building it and teaching myself all about coffee. And yeah, it was just going to be a one month pop-up originally. I'm still doing it. <laughs> wow. And when yeah. did you start serving people? So when did yeah. it officially open? Jeez, that was like 2019. So I started building the cart. Like the first thing I did was like buy an espresso machine and <laughs> and a grinder and set them up in my kitchen at home. And then I start at the same time I started building the cart. So like, you know, getting the cart built with all the components, all the plumbing and like figuring out all the details. That was like August of that year. And I opened in October, like, or maybe like the last couple of days of September, you know, the first bit of October. Cause it's like that spot where I am in Vermont, like October is kind of like the month with the, as the leaves change colors with the foliage season. Ooh, yeah. So that was the idea it was to, to kind of be open out on that little patio for the month. And I kind of figured if, you know, I would do it for a month and if at the end of it if I hated it at least I'd have like a really awesome home coffee setup at the end of it <laughs> and that was that was my That's main true. goal yeah what well, really sparked your interest in coffee because I mean it's one thing to enjoy coffee when you go out somewhere but it's a whole nother thing to actually take steps to buy the equipment open up a coffee cart yeah I mean there's a few things there I think Laura like as a musician, like one of the things that you do when you're on tour is find coffee or, or for me anyway, that was like my bandmates and I, it was like whatever town or we were in, the first thing you do is like, okay, where's the good coffee? Mm, um, and it, yeah. it kind of becomes like a thing, like you're, you know, and, and over the years of, of a, you know, a decade or more of, of being a, doing that, you know, like coffee got much better from like when I started being a musician, you know, in the early 2000s to like when you know, when I started this three years ago, like the, the specialty coffee is just like dramatically improved over those, that time period, those, those two decades, basically. And so it became, it used to be this thing is like, oh man, you got to find like the one place that's like maybe decent. But then now it's like, and then it became like just kind of snowballed to just find so many places. Yeah, just, it was like a thing on tour to find coffee because musicians are always needing coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Late nights, yeah. That's right, hours, exactly. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's kind of like a thing to do, like, you know, in your morning. Yeah. Is there a place that you've been on tour that you would totally go back to just for the coffee? Oh, like so many places. And actually, you know, it's interesting, like the the actual like idea, like for doing kind of a pop-up space actually came from being in Santa Cruz, California. Um hmm. There's a place called Verve Coffee, which is coffee roasters. There's a famous coffee roaster in Santa Cruz. Mm -hmm. And they have a few different locations. And I was in one in a neighborhood, which I think is just like a neighborhood. It's called uh, Capitola, which is like sort of near Santa Cruz. Or it might just be a neighborhood in Santa Cruz. So people from California can correct me on that when they listen to this. But um, 
and like I was there waiting in line. It's a huge long line, right? Outside mm-hmm. the cafe. And I kept noticing people like kind of duck down the alley between the 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 kind of coffee shop and the building next door, which turned out was like where the roastery was. And finally I just like after like ten minutes of watching people like pass me and go down the alley, I just like went down the alley myself. I just hopped out of line. <laughs> and they had like thrown open the garage doors in the alley and they had an espresso machine set up and it was cash only. You could only get like an espresso or a cappuccino and you know there was no milk choices there was no decap it was just like these are the two things we have and they had some like you know five gallon buckets flipped over to make little stools and it was like this little like pop-up <laughs> cafe in the alley and they were kind of like it was cool it was just like part of the same business that was the full service cafe you know and there and then you were back there with like i don't know 10 other people that were like also had found it and you were like standing next to a dumpster and it was just like the, it was kind of like the best, (laughs) but it was kind of like the best coffee experience, you know, it was because you were there Mm -hmm. with like people that were really passionate about it. And the guys that were, the people that were in the roastery, they were roasting the coffee. They were talking about it. The barista was like way into it. And I just thought this is like, it's like the coolest experience to, to have coffee that way. And I was like, if I ever did anything in coffee at that moment, I thought it's gotta be like, in down an alley you know there's something about like down an alley and that's so i have that's the spot i have now it's like down this alley and then you have the view you know Ooh, um, yeah so that that like that experience like when you ask about like coffee shops that i would go to like i kind of like there's a lot of like places that i i would seek out if i was in those cities but that's like an experience that i would seek out you know like mm-hmm. things like that i would try to find the little places that are doing cool things like that it's almost like a speakeasy for coffee. Exactly. Yeah. There's this other place that I, I remember going in Brooklyn, um, which has moved. I think it's still around. This place, Parlor Coffee. And the, when I went, I think they've moved around a bunch. I don't know where they are now. But when I first went there, they were in the back of a barber shop. And so you like, you kind of like went in. There was just like a sign on the, like a sandwich board on the street that said coffee. And then you like walked in. It was like this, this kind of like hipster barber shop with like guys getting their mustaches waxed and all this cool stuff. But then in the back was just like this little, like, like a coffee speakeasy, just kind of like you go through the barbershop and then you're in the back and it was just the same thing, like a couple stools, like a, like a little, like high top and, you know, s- small menu. Yeah. So I, I just love things like that, like little, like carved out spaces that you wouldn't think would be a space for something like a cafe. Yeah. It's a little bit of a surprise mm-hmm. and it almost feels exactly. like a secret just between you and a few other people. Exactly. Yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah. yeah. Well, what is coffee like in Vermont? I've been to Vermont one time and I didn't try coffee while I was there. So I don't really yeah. know what the coffee culture is like. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like in Southern Vermont here, so Vermont, you know, it's like for the people that are listening that don't, some people are like Vermont, where is that, you know, like, it's like a like sort of a long narrow state like where it's a very small state but it's sort of north south kind of not very wide right mm-hmm. so like where i am is quite far from where the biggest city is like burlington vermont is up sort of northwest it's about a 3 hour drive from where i am so i'm actually closer to like boston massachusetts or like burlington vermont which is the biggest city is like nearly as far as for me as like going to new york city like not quite but like so it's, it's sort of a weird place to be in Southern Vermont. And there hasn't been, you know, since I've lived here, 
there hasn't been a huge specialty coffee scene. Definitely like Brattleboro like was kind of dominated by by one big pretty big coffee roaster, but very much rooted in like sort of second wave, sort of nineteen nineties aesthetic of, of coffee. And they've done an amazing thing here, bringing like coffee to, to our town. But it's like, it's one of those things where it's like a small town, small area. So like one place like that, like, you know, when I first moved here, it was like, oh, every single restaurant or other coffee shop that wasn't that roastery's coffee shop also served their coffee. It was like, there was like a one option scenario. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's kind of like, they're, they're, I think, I think they can happen in a small community where like one is everyone wants to support the local business and it becomes very successful in that way, but it kind of makes it hard for other options to show up. So there hasn't been until recently much of a diverse specialty coffee scene, especially when you're talking about like, yeah, specialty coffee or third wave coffee, whatever you want to call it. It's sort of like, it's been a little behind here, but if you go further afield, like if you go up, up North to Burlington or to the place, there's, there's a bigger, a bigger scene, some really cool stuff happening for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where I am, it was like, and still, and now there's starting to be more things. There's a few other coffee roasters popping up, uh, some other good shops. So it's, it's starting to like up steam, but I definitely felt like when I started patio coffee, it was, it was sort of like the first that was like trying to do what I thought was cool about coffee right now, kind of bringing coffee more to where, where it was or bringing our area more to where coffee was if that makes more sense well that's interesting to hear about how southern vermont coffee wise is still kind of catching up to yeah i mean i think it's it's i think it's it's doing really well right now like there's definitely like since i started my pop-up there's another really cool coffee roaster that started up in town they have their own little shop there's like if you go like you know you like around the area, there's more places. There's a cool coffee roaster in Wilmington, you know, down the way. That's like maybe a half an hour drive away. So there's there's definitely like more happening in mm. in Vermont. And then it, it's true if you drive like a bit north, toward, you know, then you get more more stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah. Do you see yourself opening up a brick and mortar shop? That's kind of like the everyone always asks me that, and yeah. it's not <laughs> it's not on my mind. Like one of the things, so like. It's hard to describe for my for, the, for your listeners, but like, you know, my cart is is kind of self-contained. It's it's got it's an espresso machine. I have two coffee grinders, a little batch brewer, a sink, and a rinser. Right, like it, it's it's kind of just and it's just me. It can't really like accommodate a second person, like another barista. So it's sort of like a one-man band sort of scenario, and it's kind of beautiful for that. It allows me to to kind of have complete control over the end product which I think is a thing that I find, I think that's a really challenging thing for any like coffee shop is just mm-hmm. like consistency. Cause you might like getting buy-in from your, your barista talent, right? Like you might have some that are like really into it, but then you might have other people that are just like, don't really care that much about coffee. They just want a job and they're just doing it, you know? So it's like, I've been frustrated sometimes going to really good coffee shops and you're like, Oh, how come today? It's just not mm-hmm. as good. And it's like, mm-hmm. It's just because like it's hard to keep a staff on like have everyone have the same kind of investment. Yeah. But for me, it's just me and I'm super passionate about it. And like, I like, I only have, I, you know, I, if it's not good, it's just, I only have myself to blame. And then I'm frustrated. You know, I'm the kind of person that like 
is constantly like wanting it to be better. So I kind of like keeping it that way. It, it allows me to, to deliver like a certain level of quality control that I don't think is, it's not like it's impossible at a bigger shop, but it's, it's not as easy. And, and also just the vibe. Like I can kind of like have a, like the community feel at the, at the space and with, with my, especially with my regulars, because I have the coolest regulars in the world. They're just, <laughs> the customers, I mean, it's amazing how cool people are that they come for coffee. Yes. All of the students, yeah. Right. That, that's, that's also just the thing. It's like, I don't know. I wouldn't want to like, I don't know. I, a brick and mortar is not exciting to me. It's the, in the same way that what I'm doing is exciting, you know? Huh. Yeah. And that's really good that you're sticking to that too, because otherwise it's, you would probably lose the parts that you enjoy the most with the interaction and making the coffee with opening a brick and mortar. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's sort of like the thing is like, I, I, the, the job would really change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like once you suddenly have a, a bigger space and you have staff and you have a lot more that, you know, you're just doing a different job. And like right now it's, I can still, it's still basically like me geeking out on coffee, you know, <laughs> like all day. So. True. True. Yeah. I am curious with your music background. Hmm. This is kind of a bizarre question, but it just came to mind. How does music crossover into coffee? Yeah, you know, it's funny, like, you're not the first person to ask me that, like, or, or often it gets asked in this way that people are like, they're like, wow, this is a big change from, you know, being on stage all the time. Hmm. And it, it actually isn't, it, it, it's shockingly similar, like, when you start to think about it, right? Like, so if you're playing a concert, you're providing, like, a vehicle to bring people together, and you're then kind of delivering like an experience and you're and the whole point of that experience through music is to connect with other people right and in coffee it's kind of the same thing like especially the way it's set up it's like it's me you come to like my customers come up to me i interact i kind of perform a bit you know i make them their drink i chat with them it's very much feels like being on stage but really the end goal is to provide a vehicle for connection right for people to feel connected Mm -hmm. um with 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 both the space and the business, but also with each other, the community that the the thing feels. And I think that that's, that's just no different. Honestly, it's a different medium, you know, it's, it's different, but, but it's very similar to performing arts, I think. Hmm, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then even like um, in terms of, of like the craft of making coffee and making drinks, uh, there's a lot of similarities. Like, um, coffee, as you know, is like, it's very unforgiving, right? Like as a, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's very difficult to do it consistently well over and over and you have to, so it requires like kind of attention to detail. It requires sort of routine and it requires like doing the same repetitive tasks over and over and over again. You, you, you're making, if you're making, if you're pulling espresso shots, you know, that, that, that thing of your, your recipe and your dose and your tamping technique and your yield and all the different things that to make each drink really delicious um, requires like like honing a craft and practicing in a way that is very similar to to practicing music playing an instrument it's like you're working on skills constantly you're constantly like developing and you're constantly doing like repetitive tasks so that you can execute whatever piece you're playing does that make sense yeah i think that makes a lot of sense there's kind of like a like a practice 
that that is very similar like practice like making coffee feels very similar to to playing music in that way oh i like that crossover it's yeah. Yeah, it's a very practical way to look at it is where as a barista, you're an owner, you're creating something for someone that's an experience that you're really both experiencing at the same time. It's an art form to create coffee and it is finicky and you can get it right and you absolutely can get it wrong. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot to that. It, you know, for me to it's been like like the development of my palate for tasting coffee and, and knowing what I want it to taste like, mm-hmm. that's very similar to like knowing how you want to sound on your instrument playing music. Like as a as a musician, you're the, most musicians, especially like really serious musicians, you get to a point where you, you have an idea of how you want to sound when you play, which is like, and everyone has their own, they, you know, even if you're not a singer, they call it your voice, like your voice on your instrument. And that's very similar to like the way your palate develops to then make coffee because every barista has like a different, slightly different way that they're going to want their coffee to, to express. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so to me, like the skills are just so, they seem so transferable. I think there's a lot of people who are switching industries, especially the past couple of years. And it's always fun to hear how, someone uses a past skill and then integrates it into a new career or a new job. Yeah. And just yeah, I mean, seeing that, the crossover, the hybrid of all of that. Right. It's like a different sensory translation. So like with music, you're, you're dealing with like your oral sense. You're like a, a, you are not, not oral as in hearing mm-hmm. and like translating your ears into your music. Right. And with coffee, it's your, your palate, your taste and your smell and your, you know, so, and then transferring that into the end product. So there, I mean, it's, it's a different, it's a slightly different sensory experience, but the idea of taking what your senses are bringing in and translating that to like a thing that you want to deliver to someone else so that they can experience something amazing. I don't know. That's very similar. Really interesting. Wow. (laughs) I'm glad you've thought about this because that's definitely something I was curious about. I, I do want to trace back our steps a little bit and ask if you have shops in Vermont you recommend for someone who might be passing through to Massachusetts or on their way to New York. Absolutely. If you're up in, like, so Burlington being the biggest city that's in, in Vermont, there's a lot of great coffee up there. And the place that I always send people to there. It's called Brio Coffee. They're an amazing, they're a roaster. I use their coffee. I rotate different coffees. I have five or six different accounts that I sort of change about once a month from different roasters. Hmm. Um, Brio is one of them, and they're they're fantastic. And they have a cool space, like a, kind of this, this cool warehouse space of that's all, everything in the warehouse. It's a bunch of different businesses. It's called the Soda Plant. It's all women-owned businesses. And uh, it's a really, it's just a really cool set up and then they have a, a little cafe in the in the roastery as well um so i always send people there there's also a nice little roastery about a half hour from here in wilmington called 1a coffee who's doing some really nice stuff and then right here in brattleboro too i, I sent like the, if i'm not open or if i'm not if i'm closed i send people down the street to to my friends ruth and jeremy duchess coffee um, who are doing some nice stuff too and there's so many more there's awesome place up in Middlebury called Middle State Coffee that I really like. Um, 
carrier roast. I mean, I could just name a whole pile. The coffee scene in Vermont is definitely like kind of like like really picking up right now. It's it's exciting. Why do you think that is? That all of a sudden, yeah. I don't know. You know, it's. I think like some sometimes there's just needs like a little bit of a critical mass or something to kind of like yeah. a, a few people to start doing stuff and then it just kind of starts to pick up as it's a thing to do. And certainly like in a place like Burlington, that's a bigger, a bigger city. There's, there's like whatever, half a dozen different really good places that are, you know, roasting coffee and serving coffee, but then it kind of starts to, to move out into these other places for sure. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I guess it's the whole idea that once one person moves in, then another person sees it as a really good opportunity. And then there's a refinement that happens when you have several people who are trying their best to make the best coffee possible and customers become more accustomed (laughs) to getting really good coffee. Yeah. I I definitely think there's like a, like a more is more mentality. Like, you know, it's like if you're in a, you know, if you're in a city and it, like, why are all the bars in one neighborhood? Why is like, you go to one neighborhood and there's like all these cool bars. It's like, wow, how, they all compete. They don't really compete with each other. They, they lift everyone. They lift each other up. And I think that's kind of a similar thing that's starting to happen in Vermont um, with coffee is like, the, you know, just more good coffee means there's just more good coffee and more people want good coffee. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's cool. That's pretty great. Do you yeah. think you'll go back into music again, or do you want to stay in coffee a while? Yeah, right now I'm, 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 I don't really have any plans to, to do music professionally for a while. You know, when I first started Patio Coffee, it was definitely like a, like a side hustle. Mm-hmm. And I always thought it would sort of supplement, or I thought if it lasted more than the one month, that I initially planned, it would be kind of a side hustle and it would supplement my music thing. But then it was like, you know, the pandemic hit mm-hmm. and it was just like kind of changed everything. And as I've tried like a couple times, I've sort of done gigs over the last year or two. It just hasn't felt as right as making, as doing patio coffee. So like doing the coffee cart and that, you know, and it's become a full-time job for me doing, doing the coffee thing. And I just, I'm, I'm really enjoying it still. So as long as I'm still liking it and still, still finding it like enjoyable and satisfying, I'm, I'm going to just stick with it. Smart move. Smart move. Yeah. yeah. Go with what you're passionate about, what feels good for the season, what makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like what we were just talking about with other coffee shops that I'm, I'm always just really impressed with, the way the coffee community supports each other mm-hmm. and and the friends and like the community that I've and the friends that I've made through coffee and it's funny to say that because like in where I am there aren't a lot of other coffee professionals for me to like hang out with you know <laughs> and like learn from especially doing what I do I don't have I don't have employees or other um, colleagues that I work with to kind of like bounce ideas off but I'm I'm kind of amazed especially through social media of all the different people that I've that I've just gotten to know and and consider really good friends like just the coffee like coffee people are just the best people like just the coolest (laughs) people and I don't know if that comes across to your average customer who's just like waiting 
to get their latte or whatever in the morning. Just a way that, yeah, just the people I've met through coffee. It, it's a really cool, cool community. And I don't know. I just don't think that everyone realizes how much everyone kind of loves each other within it, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't really know how to describe the community to people who haven't been inside that because it is different than a lot of other industries. And I'm not saying another industry doesn't have that sort of environment, but it is different. And I, mm. I agree with you. I haven't really, I mean, it it is really supportive. It's humbling. It's all of those things. Mm. That is very interesting. I hope it comes across to customers, but <laughs> yeah, can't guarantee so that. Too. Yeah. Awesome, Laura. I'm so glad we were able to talk. Yeah, me too. Thank you for taking time. Yeah, thanks for having me.